Now it's time for a breakdown. You're listening to Gap to Gap, brought to you by The Breakdown. Three, two. Pebbles drill deep to left field. Going back choice. Looking up. See ya. 3,000. History with an exclamation point. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Swing and a drive to deep right, away back, goal! Jason Giambi has done it! Episode number 76, I'm Tommy, he's 7, hope you had a happy holiday. 7, how was your holiday, my friend? That was great, it was a good time, Uh, COVID did not fuck it up, so that was nice, unlike Thanksgiving, so Christmas was a step in the right direction as we head into 2021. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, my Christmas was okay. You know, I, I had some some family things that prevented it from being as good as it could have been, but uh, definitely not a not a bad Christmas. Definitely one that made you realize, you know, what you're thankful for. Yeah, and like I think, the who's down in Whoville. <laughs> He's got to stand around the Christmas tree and, and sing Whoville songs and well, ha, ta, dahu, whatever. You get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cindy Lou Who must be like, how old do you think she is now? Well, hold on, let's let's play, let's do the math here. This is like, before I uh, make comments. Like, we're going on Jim Carrey's The Grinch, right? Yeah, the the live action Cindy Lou Who can't. Oh, that was two thousand. She's she's at least twenty two right now. <sighs> Assuming she was four in the movie. I'm thinking she's, she's at least twenty four. Then shit. Let me see. Let because math, see. And, it's, and believe it or not, it's not 2018. She is a little strange these days. Taylor Momsen is her name. I gotta look. Uh, Taylor Momsen. Ooh, She's a singer-songwriter? Absolutely would. Looking at a picture of her from the Met Opera in 2008. <laughs> Cindy Lou, double-cheeked and ready to go. Double-cheeked? Uh, that's a wagon, Cindy Lou who. Um, yeah, she is. Cindy Lou... Can can go down to Whoville anytime she wants to, if yeah. you know what I mean. I'll help her cut the roast beef. <laughs> <laughs> she can hang out with the Grinch, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh yeah, I might uh, I might try to steal Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> she can take a look under my tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, she's double cheeked up. <laughs> oh my god. The picture oh. she sent me of her riding the motorcycle. I. Like, <laughs> the Grinch might have stole Christmas, but Cindy Lou Who might have just stolen my cock. <laughs> I don't know if it was the Boston accent that you slipped in there or what, but that fucking sent me. I'm dead. <laughs> All right, we'll see you in 2021, folks. Right, it's been Gap to Gap. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Check out the sponsors. Check out the breakdown. We're out. See you. <laughs> Now, besides thinking about baseball, how do we get back to the MLB here? <laughs> uh, 
Well, I'm trying to think of a good segue, but I think, well, there's a lot of news. There's a lot of news down in Whoville. Of what, a- just <laughs> what, what went down here in uh, especially San Diego? Oh, all right. Let's, uh, let's hard pivot off that. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the Padres are going scorched earth. Yeah. This is, uh, this is what, like almost four years in a row now that they've just kind of opened the checkbook. Uh, yeah. Who and when was I say year? open the checkbook, this, this I mean isn't... that more figuratively than... But uh, so they had, it was Machado two years ago. Hosmer the year before. And who was last year though? I felt like they made another big... Well, they traded mid-season to get uh, Clevenger, so... Mm, okay. Yeah. So so by that, yeah, big big moves every year. Yeah. Cause I, and I th- oh, and uh, Will Myers with Hosmer. Jesus. So, Who would have thought that, that, that of any team to go all the fuck in, it would be the Padres? Well, they've been dropping breadcrumbs since, I guess, 20... 20- I mean, yeah. since Tony Gwynn, they've been they've been breadcrumbs. They have they've, been breadcrumbs, but they've been dropping some hints that they've been ready to go for it. And I think this off and this is what's so surprising about it with this offseason, twenty twenty. They, I'm, and we talked about it before recording, uh, and before thinking about Cindy Lou Who, they're like, where do they get this fucking money from? That. Where do they get the I, money from? Where, where are they getting their intel from? Who like They are basically conning these teams that they're making trades with because they're not giving anything up. You want me to go big brain? Yeah, permission, go big brain. Permission to go big, big brain. Go galaxy brain. The Padres are getting their money. Where are they at? Where are San they Diego? at? Uh-huh. And what's, what's in that area? Uh, All kinds of cartel, baby. Oh, wow. They're, the San Diego or the San Diego Padres are funneling their money from the mafia, from the cartel. They're getting, they're strong arming all these other organizations, and that's why you're getting the Rays' best pitcher for pennies on the dollar. You're getting guys like, I mean, you Darvish for pennies on the dollar. I mean, not to mention. You're also so this rotation. Let's look at it high level. Just what the projected rotation is going to look like. So Snell is now going to join. Well, Clevenger when he comes back. Yeah. So those are top three. Those are three top top line. You know, front end guys. They're all probably number ones. Uh, And then you still have a guy like Denilson Lamette, who's coming off a Cy Young caliber year in 2020. And on top of that, you still have Chris Paddock. And Mackenzie Gore, and the, like that's what astounds me. Is they Are the make... Padres about to be a real fucking problem for the rest of the league? Well, that's the thing. Like I don't know, I, and that's why they better be because if you're if you're acquiring this much talent, young talent, superstar talent, you better. I mean, if they don't make the playoffs, that's pitiful. Yeah, playoffs has has now become the floor for the San Diego Padres, especially after making the playoffs this year. I would say being like with all of these trades and all, I would say that they're expected to win the division now. And I know the Dodgers are still a very real thing and, and their team is still stacked. But I think if you look at the Padres starting rotation compared to the Dodgers starting rotation, I would give the edge to the Padres just based off of what we're seeing on paper for a projected starting lineup 
Agreed. Barring injuries and barring any unforeseen bullshit that would happen in a regular season. Agreed. And so so my, my question that's my thinking. So my question to you is does the potential of uh, does this make the Padres the best rotation in baseball? Let's start there. Yes, it Just, does. Starting lineup aside, this is the, not the best rotation in baseball. This is the best rotation. Does this make them the favorite? I mean, I know you kind of just hinted at the Dodgers, and I don't, I don't blame you. Mm-hmm. But could you make an argument for them being the favorite in the NL West? I mean, just looking at the rotation, it's it's hard to argue against it. I still would give the edge to the Dodgers just based on their lineup, um, and the Dodgers bullpen. I think it's a lot better when they're healthy. Uh, so I still give it to the Dodgers, but the Padres are very, very close behind. Like I would say it's one A and one B at this point. I'm trying to think who finished second in the, uh, NL West this year. Was it, I thought was it was the, the Padres. Padres. Yeah. Was it, it the Padres? It was the Padres. So yeah. So, I mean, we'll go MLB standings 2020, which 60 game sample, obviously. Right. But. And that's also not including guys like Darvish and, and Snell, and it's tough to calculate what their additions. they were six they were six games out without this nasty rotation. Yeah, but the Dodgers haven't lost much uh, this offseason. I think they've only added, so I'd still give the the Dodgers the the leg up. And I mean, you can't disrespect the World Series champs. I mean, you have to let them soak into that uh, a little bit God, more. We're still living in the in the the Dodgers post world series that is i it feels like so october feels like last year it does it's weird because now like basketball just started again we're getting ready for the nfl playoffs but it feels like because all these sports were happening so close to each other it like it just doesn't feel like real world right now we are living in a simulation yeah we are it's fucking it's weird it's uh i just i wanted to go back to normal so bad dude i'm so sick of this shit is jonesy going buck wild on a chew toy back there yeah, he's saying that the Padres are the favorite, but I, I love it. I'm I'm disagreeing love, with him. I love Jonesy going buck wild on chew toys. I'm here for it, uh, dude. I, I'm like kind of hoping that he he's dialed it back a little bit because his so his favorite toy is a hedgehog. It's this stupid giant hedgehog, and we must have gone through at least five of these fucking things now because he just destroyed five them. of them. Like we have another one waiting in the closet where all his toys are for when he destroys the new one. Like we just holy we, shit. We buy them in twos now, just to replenish. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, so he's going nuts right now. You can still hear him. He's going ape shit. I'm he's sure going buck wild. And I'm here for it. I'm gonna be honest. I am here for the Jonesy going <laughs> buck wild on some fucking uh what's it called? Hedgehog. Oh yep. my gosh, I love it. <laughs> oh yeah. Alright, so Let's go into exactly how the how the Padres are going scorched earth. They trade for Blake Snell in kind of a finesse move. I mean, am I the only one that feels like the Rays got fleeced? Yeah, the Rays definitely got fleeced here. It's, I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I, I'm looking at it right now. When you give up a former Cy Young, like Snell is, and you're getting back... Another like because Francisco Mejia a couple of years ago this would have been a big deal. Because yeah, he, agreed. And now it just seems like no, like you know, I, I don't know what the deal is, but he still obviously has some. He's not a blue chip prospect like he once was. He's no. still a big piece, but he's definitely not worth 
or Snell isn't worth just him. And I'm not saying it's just him, obviously. There's other prospects there. There's Blake Hunt, Cole Wilcox, and Luis Patino. And there's a couple nice pieces here. But when I'm looking at this, and we've talked about this before with other trades and potential trades that we've talked about, it's when you trade someone with this type of caliber, this pedigree, like you know, Blake Snell or any starting pitcher of that degree, you don't want a bunch of ponies back. You want a fucking horse. And they just yeah. got a bunch of ponies. So they're they're adding quantity instead of quality. And I have a problem with that if I'm the race. I like how you put that. Because, yeah, I think to, to steal your, your analogy, you don't want ponies. And I've, I mean, I, I've seen Francisco Mejia. I, I watched that movie. I, I, I saw it. I don't need it. I, I saw him in a little bit of it. And granted... When he first came up as an Indian, but I didn't see anything that jumped off the page that I would have gone, man, we can't let this guy go. And we, the, the, the Indians, like, I just, man, I, I, it bothers me to think that the, the Padres just absolutely finessed the Rays because I like seeing the Rays succeed. I mean, I personally don't. And for obvious reasons, yeah, um, for obvious reasons. But but I'm saying as as a fan of a small market team, I like seeing small market teams succeed. Hundred percent, I agree with that. Um, it's interesting too because I feel like the Rays, and we I feel like we talk about it a lot. The Rays seem to be they put themselves in these positions where they are continually the underdog because of the moves they make. And it's not so much because they want to, it's because they have to. When your payroll is only, you know, $70 million or whatever it is, and we're coming off of no revenue, and they have a hard time, you know, generating revenue as it is, then staying competitive. And that's why I want to give the Rays some credit here, because clearly their scouting team, and I, I don't want to doubt their scouting department, because they have found some absolute gems in the past. And it's tough to, to blame them or fault them for trading someone like Snell at this point in his career. And clearly, Snell had an issue with Tampa that we're not understand or that we don't know about as the casual fan. Um, and you could see some of that frustration build, especially Just in him getting taken off the mound and rolling his eyes. Exactly, I think he, there was a culture thing going on there where it wasn't a fit that they felt comfortable with long term, even though they had already signed him to that long term, that long term contract. But again, it's not they didn't throw a lot of money at him. They gave him a Tampa Bay Rays long contract extension. Mm -hmm. And the, that's why I think it's a little puzzling that the Rays were kind of in the driver's seat because no one really expected them to make a move right now. I thought... Yeah, it, it was literally like we're enjoying our... What was it, Sunday night? Um, What's today? Monday? Today's Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, so Monday. Yeah... Uh, Sunday. There was football going on. It was Sunday night. Yeah. Um. So it was like everybody's enjoying their Sunday night. You know, I'm crying because the Browns lost to the Jets, and then oh shit, Blake Swell, Blake <laughs> Blake Snell might get traded. Oh my God, Blake Snell just got traded. It's weird. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. Like I think there was rumors and speculation at the end of the season, especially at the World Series, and the way that he was unceremoniously just kind of pulled from the game. And everyone started reading into it. It's like, oh, this could be the end of Blake Snell with the Rays. And, and cooler heads prevailed to see him like, and was like, all right, are you fucking kidding me? Like, he's their best pitcher. There's no way they're going to get rid of him. And then, lo and behold, the Rays going to Ray, and they just traded perhaps their best pitcher um, for not 
a return that I would think is... I just don't think it's fit of the caliber pitcher that they traded. So mm-hmm. you, you take all that into account. And who knows? Again, that's why I want to give the Rays a little bit of credit because we, they've done moves like this before. They have been on the receiving end of fleecing other teams. So you, you have to just kind of wait and see. I don't know if the Rays are going into a full rebuild, but I'm looking at their projected rotation right now. Aside from Glass now and, and maybe Ryan Yarborough, uh, I'm like I'm looking at their depth chart right now, or their projected what their projected 25 man roster, 26 man roster is going to be. And out of all the pitchers, they might be in a position where they were in 2019, where they just are pitching openers every game or every other. Now, do game. you think that's something they'll do? Do you think they they would go back to the opener style? I think so. I mean, they had success with it prior, um, and the Rays always seem to find good bullpen arms. And no one has a defined role in that bullpen or in that pitching staff, as it would seem. I mean, you still have those two starters like Yarbrough, but even Yarbrough has experience as a bulk guy. And then Glassnow is really the only true starter you have at this point. Um, Aside from some other guys that have filled in in the past that have had success, but injuries or whatever have limited them. So I think you can only really count on Glassnow as being an actual starter on this team. Everyone else is either going to be a bulk guy or an opener, and we'll see how they kind of flesh it out as we move closer. They still have some intriguing prospects, but again, they're prospects for a reason because we haven't seen what they can do. So it's a shaky position to go in to 2021 when seemingly the Yankees are going to be probably close to the same team that they were last year, which is still good, if not great, after a full season. Uh, the Blue Jays are, are definitely getting better. We saw that the Orioles, I think, will regress and the Red Sox are rebuilding. So you basically now have two teams that are in the same, if not better position than last year. And the Rays might be vying for a wild card spot as opposed to going for the division that everyone kind of assumed that they would be in uh, moving forward. You know, I, again, being a fan of a small market team is so tough because you understand that like your shots are going to come and go but man this hurts to watch uh you know the rays in what we all thought was the middle of their run yeah i mean this now is... become wild card is the goal you know yeah, what i mean exactly i think you're right i mean they're gonna have a very tough uphill battle to make it back to the playoffs now um and, and that's just for the reasons that we just described and Within their own division, there's seemingly going to be two teams in the mix with them fighting for that spot all year long. And at this point, I'd probably give the Blue Jays a leg up. Um, just looking at what the roster is shaked down to be, I think the Yankees become the favorite for the division Consider if if they get D.J. LeMahieu back. I should put that with a huge if. Um, but the Rays... They, they always have a lot of turnover, though. So, again, like it, you, ha- you have to walk the dog back a little bit when you look at this and just look at what's on paper. But at the same time, I'm not seeing a lot of star power down there. I'm trying to think if – I mean, yeah, there really is no star power. And that's that's so upsetting, man. I, I – I guess the closest thing you could find on this team is like Austin Meadows. And I wouldn't call him a star. You know what I mean? I mean, he's a 
He's a great outfielder, but I don't think he's a top five outfielder, like uh, at all. And I don't not even, even think, close. Not even close. I don't even think he's a top ten. And if we're I mean, talking the whole majors, a Rose arrested. A, a Rose arrested. He's not going to be playing. He, I saw he? that Kiermaier's on the trading block now. It's like I, I just don't know what they're doing. Do you really think? I mean, a Rosa Reina, I, I think he would have gotten. Uh, his discipline already. If you if it was gonna come down, I think they're gonna wait. There, there's no rush for them for the major league office to to give them that punishment now. That's true. Um, you know, especially as they're still trying to figure out the the CBA for 2021 and moving forward, what that's gonna look like. So I'm sure Rose arrested is on the. He's probably on you know the docket, but I don't think you're gonna hear anything. Until we get closer to you know mid January, early February, when pitchers and catchers start reporting, so I would I would hold on that one. Um, but you know, just the makeup of this team now, they they have a lot of holes seemingly, um, and they're they they're losing a lot of people, like players and pitchers and everything that seemingly should have been penciled in as ready to go, and they're gone again. And, and we see this every fucking year with the Rays, and every year. We say the same thing, like, how are they competitive? So maybe they'll surprise us again. But I think at, at some point, the luck is going to run out, and we're going to see them for what they are. And that's a small market team that struggles with revenue and struggles with with payroll. And it's going to come back to bite them eventually. Because when you give up a Cy Young pitcher like Blake Snell, when you give up – well, you didn't give him up. But when your best hitter gets arrested, um, when your number three goes to another team – without you basically even trying to sign him. Uh, it just it sends the wrong signals to your fan base that you guys are truly competitive Yeah. in the sense that you're trying to be competitive. Because I think the Rays have kind of lucked into this a little bit in the sense that, granted, their scouting clearly has done their homework on some of these players that they've received in other trades. But at the same time, when you're giving up a guy like Snell, who's only 28, probably one of the best pitchers in the league, and you're not getting the return on investment that you would like in a trade, and you're basically hoping for a prospect to take that spot, big shoes to fill. It's a lot to ask of the young player. Uh, I think that's an issue. Yeah, definitely. Now let's talk about you, Darvish, coming into the fold. Oh yes, of course. What? Why wouldn't the Padres try to just triple down here? <laughs> Do you think that the Padres going out and getting a you, Darvish? Like, do you think it makes that significant of a bump, you Darvish entering his old season? I, I was going to get the actual name, and then I couldn't get it in time. So I just went with old. Um, he is going to be 34. He's entering his age 34 season. I mean, still through 178 innings in 2019. Yeah, and he was lights out in that shortened season in 2020. Uh so, I mean, he, he almost won the Cy Young. That's true. So, I don't think a year makes a, a huge difference. I think, again, the issue Holy is... Holy shit, gonna... you Darvish holds the all-time record for Ks per nine. Oh, wow. What is it, like 12? 11.1. Oh, that was close. Um, kind of. But, no, I think this this is another trade. And, again, they're not asking him to be the front, you know, front of the rotation. They're asking him to be a three. Um, he's not the face of that rotation anymore, as he was in Chicago and Texas. He's probably going to be a three. It's probably going to shake out to be Snell, Clevenger, interchangeable, in my opinion. 
um, and then Darvish, and then after that you have Paddock, and it rounds out with Lamette. And they still have top prospect like Mackenzie Gore waiting in the wings. So should anything happen to anyone else, the Padres are set up to succeed. And that's yeah. why I think this deal to get Darvish, it's like, all right, why don't we just add to a strength that we have right now that we're building and keep going from there? Because if you can keep dipping into the well and grabbing frontline starters like a Darvish after you get a Snell, vice versa, I, I mean – you're not asking much of the, I mean, you're still asking a lot of the player, obviously you have high expectations, but you're not asking him to be the horse or be the stopper because you already have two other guys that can do that now on a, at a moment's notice. That's true. That's true. And I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from there. I just, I don't know, age 34, he's had health issues. I understand the year he had last year in the shortened season. I just, I'm going to need to see it from him. The thing with him is that he he's had and his injuries have been on his arm and that's always bad. Um, but I go back to my other point: if he, for whatever reason, can't give you 200 innings or 170 plus, at least you have internal options that can take the stress off of him. That's um, true. And as because they still have Zach Davies. And they still have a couple other guys that they can throw in there as a spot starter if they wanted to give Darvish a day off and, and you know keep him fresh for the postseason or, or whatever it is. I think, you know, personally, this is a key move for them. I think it's more so it's a better move on paper for me for the Padres than it was getting Snell because they're building off of what they already had in Snell for, you know, the 24 hours that they had him. Um, you know, getting Darvish now just really solidifies the Padres as the best rotation in baseball. That's true. That's true. Uh, does the, the, them getting a top KBO prospect? Oh, I'm gonna. I lost his name already. Where to go? Where to go? Where to go? Uh, ha Seong Kim. Does that move the needle for you at all? I, I mean, again, they're not asking him to be the superstar, so it doesn't move the needle for me. But it's just they're adding insult to injury by getting all these high-profile players. It doesn't move the needle for me. I gotta see him. The, the, any of these these Asian league players coming over, I gotta see him before it moves the needle for me. Oh no, hundred percent. I think it doesn't move the needle, but it's it's another one of those things where it's an embarrassment of riches for the Padres. If oh you're, for sure. If you're a Padres fan, you see that it's like, oh okay, well, it's, you know, another one, another one. It's like fucking DJ Khaled is writing checks here. So I don't know. I, again, I I I gotta see him too. So I, I agree with you hundred percent there. Josh Bell getting moved from the Pirates to the Nationals. Pirates, crumbs in return. Nats get a, a, a superstar. Love it. Love it. Love this move. Love getting good players out of bad situations. Yeah, no, it's always good, especially as a fan, if you're a Nationals fan. Um, and, and first base was just a black hole for them, so they had to address it. And the fact that you can address it and grab someone like Josh Bell, who's a superstar in the making, is always a plus. And the fact that you didn't have to give up too much to get him, even more of a plus. Uh, the Pirates clearly are still rebuilding, and for how long that's going to be, we don't know. I don't think anyone does, but you know they're still looking at offloading even more of their young players, uh, Musgrove being one of them, and Jameson Tyon being another one potentially. So they're not done, and we'll see where they end up, but good move for the Nationals, addressing probably their most glaring need they had on that roster and doing it with a guy like Bell. Do you think... The Pirates are the most doomed organization in baseball right now? No, I would say the most doomed organization is still probably the Tigers. Um, 
because I think the Tigers potentially are they right on par with the Pirates in terms of having the least amount of talent on a roster. Added with that, though, is that they just signed A.J. Hinch to be their manager, and the expectation is that Hinch can turn them around instantaneously, not even speaking on the facts of Trash Can Gate. So there's a lot of heat on the Tigers right now to succeed quick and to do it with the whole stigma of having Hinch there with his background. I would argue that makes the Tigers less doomed because they, at least they have a good manager in place versus the Pirates. I couldn't even tell you who their manager is right now. Well, no, I think that makes them more doomed because the expectations are going to be there from day one. And I think the Pirates, again, you just said, I can't name their manager. No one gives a fuck about the Pirates. The Tigers, That's fair. The Tigers are going to, they're expected to actually do something now because they have a good manager. And I don't think the Tigers are going to do shit. I think the Tigers have the worst fucking roster I've ever seen, aside from maybe a couple young good players that they brought up. But again, I mean, A.J. Hint being there, that's a powder keg ready to go off the second this team starts going on an extended losing streak. And, you know, if, if and when fans are allowed back in, when they're on the road, it's going to be tough sledding for them. And I don't think they're, they're too immature of a team to be ready for that. And it's not the player's fault. It's the fact that AJ Hinch is the manager and they're going to be hearing it. Mm, That's true. I didn't even think about it from that perspective. Do you think, I mean, do you think baseball fans are mature enough to do that though? I I would argue that a lot of baseball cities are too stupid to put two and two together there. I think so. I, I think especially because he's, he's still in the American league and that's just going to make it all the more appetizing to do it because a lot of people do not forget that Hinch was a part of that that fucking trash can gate. So when you have sign stealing in major league baseball, especially with purist fans, and a lot of them do go to the game and a lot of them will go to the game when they can go back to the game. I think it's going to be murderers row for Hinch for the Astros and the Red Sox. So you're looking at a lot of those things combined and people are just ravenous to get back to a fucking sporting event. It's going to be nasty. That is true. That is true. Uh, all right, what else we got? Uh, Phillies, Dodgers, and Rays do a little three-team trade. Jose Alvarado, the only player of note. This doesn't even move the needle for me, to be honest with you. If you're a Phillies fan, it's got to feel good. You're getting a decent reliever. Um, I mean, they've had really, really big issues at the back end of that bullpen uh, before Girardi was there. So they haven't had any consistency or a stabilizing force that they can throw into the ninth inning. So Alvarado for them, again, they're not getting Mariano Rivera. I don't want to blow it up as if... Jose Alvarado is the hidden gem of the trade market because he's not, but they're getting a good piece. But you're right. It doesn't move the needle because, again, they don't have a bridge to get to him. If you're a Phillies fan, uh, that's got to be disheartening. And if you're a Rays fan or a Dodgers fan, you didn't give up too much uh, or you didn't receive much back in return, I should say. I mean, yeah, it goes both ways. You didn't give up much and you didn't get much. So (laughs) (laughs) that's, that's that's a nothing for me. Uh, last thing of note for the day, Tommy Kane lead to the Dodgers. Talk to me if you get healthy. Yeah, if he's healthy, if he can come back from Tommy John and still be what he was a couple years ago, A-plus move by the Dodgers. If not, again, doesn't move the needle. This is low-risk, high-reward. But the Dodgers, when and if healthy, that bullpen is scary. When and if is the big big keys there. Or I guess if and when. If we're going to revert, you have to reverse it in that sense. Fine, if and when. Like, if and when Cindy Lou, who became an absolute fucking 
Slammed. That's when and if because she did become it. She came. She got double cheeked up and she came out to play. Yeah, she became the <laughs> slam pick of Whoville, and she is just running that town. Whoville High probably was little little to no production by the by the male demographic there. Yeah, Whoville High, Fast Times at Whoville. Um, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> she rolls up in that motorcycle. Double cheeked up, ready to go to class. She comes up on the Who cycle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, all right. Um, thank God Christmas is over because that would have landed us both on the naughty list. Um, well, we're on the naughty list now because Santa's always watching. That's true, but we got 361 days to pick this bad boy up. Yeah, we can clean it up. <laughs> Seven. Another year of this beautiful ride in the books. Uh, cheers, buddy. Yeah, cheers. Uh, I guess we'll reconvene after, it'll be 2021 the next time we record. Um, and so. that will, make sure, you, so here's your your formal warning. Get your suit pressed. Mm-hmm. Are we going to do, an, are we doing appetizers? What are we doing? I think we have to do chilies, right? <laughs> chilies? <laughs> <laughs> for any new listeners, the Gappy Awards are next week. If you have an idea for a Gappy submit your, the award and uh your nominees and we might mix it into the show uh what are we what are we covering what, do you have any gappy awards off the top of your head obviously last year we did we did uh guest of the year i think all, all we had was rob this year so congrats uh here, that's a little sneak preview uh, oh yeah we had joey too right oh yeah we did have joey we so had a, we had a few actually because we had we mitch had a, and oh we had mitch oh my gosh we had a lot of guests yeah. this year this is a big guest year so we got we got a few uh, <laughs> I don't, I uh, a few nominees. So we will have to. Uh, and we did team of the year last year. Um, let's see. Who else did we? Uh, or what other awards did we give out last we year? Did team of the year. I think we did free agent of the year. Well, we're gonna get to all that. Uh, those are just right off the top of my head. Um, guests of the year. And we're gonna have to do wagon of the year this year. Yeah. We are going to have um, to do that. <laughs> but until next time, uh, get your suit clean, get uh, your appetizers ready, and we'll see you for the gappies next week. Until then, he's seven. I'm Tommy. We are out. See ya. And the more the Grinch thought of this, who Christmas sing, the more...